What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I have no idea. You know, uh, we had a chance to uh, to clinch number one tonight. And we talked about it this morning. You know, the opportunity at hand. Uh, and we definitely did not take that opportunity seriously because the way we played tonight was uh, it's unacceptable playing like that this late in the year. If that's how we're going to play, we'll be out in the first round. Easy. Easy. Harsh words from Nuggets head coach Michael Malone after they fall by 21 points to the previously 19-win Houston Rockets last night. You heard the call on our sister station AM 950 on the other side of the dial right here on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. A much happier locker room and post-game presser with Jared Bednar as the Avs not only lock up a playoff berth for the sixth straight year in a row, but they vault themselves into first place in the central. Uh, The Nuggets have some serious digging to do right now. Serious digging to find a way uh, to get some level of swagger back in their game uh, before the playoffs start. And uh, when I had Brett in sitting for the first half hour of the show, uh, all I could think back to was, This just has to be the slog of the regular season hitting them at what seems to be the worst time possible. You always want to be peaking heading into the playoffs, playing your best basketball so that you're not guessing as to what you're putting out on the court when round one game one happens to come around against, let's call it at this point, the the Pelicans, maybe Minnesota uh, pops up into the eighth seed by the time that the play in games are over. But you never want to be guessing as to what's going out in the court. And they guessed last night. Nicole Jokic was bad. He had a bunch of turnovers. He showed a ton of rust after sitting out for the last three games with a calf injury. And expecting Nicole to jump back in without that rust, I suppose a little short-sighted for me, especially when Jamal Murray is going to get out of that game with a thumb injury, you always just have to lean on the MVP. Well, he's the MVP. He's going to carry us to a victory. <laughs> We haven't talked about the MVP race today. This thing's over. Well, that let me just chime in here really quickly on that, Raj. That's strictly because polar opposite of how Nicola played last night. You have Embiid going for 52 on national television. It's over. I mean, that's, against a top team in the East. And that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily care. And I know for a fact Jokic doesn't care either. I think he was caught up in this year especially, and he was just like, what is happening? You know what? And I think that's a bit of, a bit of an issue. I, I think that has to do with part of this downturn and laissez-faire attitude around the Nuggets and the last couple of weeks of the season ever since they beat Memphis. This, I don't care about the MVP race. And 
a, a lot of it has been said in a positive light here in Denver. But yeah, you'd rather have a player that is more focused on, on team goals than individual hardware. That's the knock here in Denver against a guy like Joel Embiid. He's more concerned over getting his MVP than winning a a, a playoff championship in the NBA, finding a way to get the the 76ers uh, to the NBA finals. He cares more about the individual hardware. That's the that's the thought process around Joel here. That's the reason why you care more about Nikola Jokic. The I don't care attitude, I feel, has set into this team. Well, if you don't care, then why are we going balls to the walls and trying to get another triple-double for this guy and win in dominant fashion? Uh, look at look at Philly. Philly has galvanized themselves around this MVP chase. And it's something to be said for individual awards just driving the individual. But this is something that Doc Rivers has rallied the 76ers around. He's got James Harden, arguably one of the most selfish players in recent basketball memory. James Harden is out there saying, this guy deserves the MVP. We see it every single day. He puts up 52 points in a win against the Boston Celtics on a night where Giannis Antetokounmpo puts up a triple-double, right? They show up on big stages, and the Sixers are playing well. <laughs> the Sixers are playing well around him, and I find it hard to believe it's not because they want him to win that MVP because it is a bad look on the Sixers, the Philadelphia organization, that he hasn't done it yet. That he's a one-man wrecking crew and they can't do it when he doesn't or when the team doesn't play well around him. It so, is a, it's a rallying cry for them right now. And I think you're seeing the other side of the coin with the Nuggets that, well, we don't care. He's one, two. We're on to bigger and better things. You don't know who's coming off the bench. Well, and, and also, if you look at the timing of this, I would say that the Nuggets skid and Jokic's slide started right around the time that I don't want to give that guy's name any more airtime, but I'll say it rhymes with Schmendrick Schmerkins took the MVP debate to a nasty place. I think right around then was when the Nuggets said, I'm done. I don't want this anymore. This MVP race is M Malone even said it in the post game. And then he came on our show and he said it again. This race has gotten ugly. It's not about basketball skill and how you play the game anymore. It's gone to a different place. And I think right around that time is it seems like when this downward spiral has started for the Nuggets. Is that is that is that the tipping point? Was that where it started? I mean, it, it could have been, it, it certainly could have been where you just start to tune out and maybe because you're tuning out mentally from that conversation, it just finds a way to seep its, it, itself into the room and seep itself into your, your focus for games. It, that's something that could be happening. And, and again, this, this is, this could all just be conjecture based off of how they've played over the last month. And it's the reason why I, I put the, the term regular season malaise around it at the beginning of the show. This could just be an overreaction to the Nuggets just being done with it and over with the slog of 82 games and getting to something that matters. And I always have issues, and I've, I've said this constantly, I had issues with, with the Masters of the Midday and, um, and them always saying that you must have a championship to, to be the guys to beat. For me, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that's something that you have to have in your pocket to automatically say that you can flip the switch, right? You're not a champion until you are a champion. 
The abs, the abs had to flip the switch last year, and guess what? They didn't have a ring on their finger. Did the organization have two championships beforehand? Yeah, they sure did. But no player on that roster, right? No player on that roster outside of, if I'm correct, just Darren Helm. He and right, it was just Darren Helm, yeah. nobody else. Well, so most, of those, to, most of those players weren't even born when in 95, exactly. 96 so, when they, when they so got their where's, first one. Where's yeah. that, where's that confirmation last year when the Avs lost six of seven, weren't playing great, but yes, they were sitting players voluntarily. They were sputtering going into the playoffs and people were, were wondering, well, uh, do they have enough juice to turn it back up in the first round? They swept their way through Nashville. They win a six game series against St. Louis. They sweep their way through the conference final. Well, Sorry, Andre Burkowski had a ring with the oh, he did uh, with, with the, the Capitals Cavs. before he came over to the Avs. So w- w- what I'm looking at right now is you don't have to have a ring to be able to flip the switch. This could all just be an overreaction to them playing a stretch of three weeks of bad basketball. Okay, but I want to ask you this because this this loss was concerning to me last night. It's one of those things where, yes, you can totally be over the season, Raj. I understand that. It's a long season. You're like, we are in the playoffs. You're trying to, you know, kind of getting your your mentals ready for the, the struggle that is NBA playoffs. You still can't let your guard down so much that you lose to these teams like the Houston Rockets, who pre- previously had 19 wins. Like, those types of wins are the ones, or the losses, that that can really get in your head and and destroy the confidence. I mean, listen, listen to all of us talking throughout the entire day. We're like, we Malone even said a loss like that is how you lose in the first round. Those are the games that you cannot overlook like that. That is where I see a team that I'm like, they're not ready to win a championship simply because they're overlooking the games that are right in front of them. They can't be doing that, especially in a game that on paper you should crush. You should absolutely win that game. Well, didn't the abs do that last year too? Not even this year. We we had the record. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. They're beating all the teams that they should, even though they were losing to teams that are already in the playoffs. Yes, I still have all the confidence in the Avalanche because they've already won that cup, and they they I know. No, that's they what can I'm saying. Get get rid of this year. Go back to last season. Go back to last season. No, because the Avs are a different team to me. They were a completely different. They team. They hadn't won a championship, Josh. I think it's they, they didn't they have a ring. The they, they didn't win. win. They, they hadn't the proved they to you that won. they had won. Right? They had lost. They had lost three straight second round series. They had a 2-0 lead and a lead in the third period late to go up 3-0 against Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Now three postseasons ago. So what what told you about the Avs when they lost 5-3 to Jersey in March? When they lost to... Well, that's injury related to me. When to they me. lost to Arizona, right at home after that long that long winning streak. When they lost to the Coyotes, Anaheim, they lost to the Ducks too. You're right. I mean, look, you're right. But that's to me, it's a different feel. Right now, last night, look, you get Jokic back. I understand that he you you can have a, I guess some game rust. The difference right there is we were watching a depleted Avs team with injuries. Even last year, the Avs were injured for a large majority of the season. I just. It's a different feel for me. It's it's something that I I do not have the confidence that I did in the Avs last season that I do with the Nuggets now. The Nuggets' confidence is really lacking right now. And also, to your point, Josh, it's not just the fact that the Nuggets are losing some of these games they should win. It's how they're losing. Yes. Do you know how many turnovers the Nuggets had yesterday? 20. The same number of wins that the Houston Rockets have on the season. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. 20 turnovers, 20 wins. Jokic... 
uh, to, to pull a Chris Dempsey quote, Jokic was turning the ball over like it's going out of style. The back-to-back MVP himself couldn't hold on to the ball. That's why we're hitting the panic button in a way that maybe we we weren't with the Avs last year. Let me let me give you this stat really quickly. The starting just three right now, Gordon, Porter, and Jokic last night, were a minus 56 combined. That's not something you can have if you are if you have championship aspirations. And look, I understand it's one game. I get it. Last night, bad game, probably the worst loss of the season. But you cannot just be like, well, it's if if you have that mentality, okay, it's just that one game. You can't do that. You have to. The, I I am looking for this next game that they have against uh, Phoenix. You got to have that fire under your belly and prove prove to us that you have these championship aspirations because last night was pitiful. Uh, Eli's got a great point here. He has an excellent point. What do you have to say about Golden State losing to the Nuggets when none of their starters were really playing? It, it, especially Michael Porter Jr. Or sorry, uh, Nicole Jokic. Nicole Jokic. What do you have to say about Golden State? I That's a game that you probably shouldn't lose, but because it's Golden State and because it's Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson, you automatically sweep it under the rug. That's the championship bias that I freaking hate. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. And I always have to look back to the abs of last year, right? They didn't have a ring. They hadn't proven to you that they could even get to the Western Conference final, but they flipped the switch. But they found a way to get it done. You're not a champion until you become one. And there's nothing you can do about it if you don't have a ring on your finger. There's Life, no reason. Uh finds a way there's no reason that just automatically winning a title like go back to uh, freaking st louis a couple of years ago in the nhl go back to st louis because st louis has a ring because jordan bennington has a ring and ryan o'reilly before he got traded they could automatically turn it around right that's right they're champions that that's that's nonsense to me look at the baltimore ravens when they beat the broncos in 2012 Joe Flacco, is he a lead or not? He has a Super Bowl ring on his finger, but... Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> exactly. So that that's what I look at right now. It's it, No, and you're right, Raj. There's always going to be that bias. It's complete though. There's nonsense. always going to be there. It's always going to be there. But that's another thing. Even if you look at the Avalanche this year as well, you, I understand. Yes, there is that bias, and I, I, think, I think it's kind of ridiculous as well. But going from one year to the next, even Bednar has admitted this is not the same team that we had last year. No, last, vastly and different. And I agree with you. This, I, I agree with you that the bias is ridiculous because from year to year to year, no matter what, even the Golden State Warriors, they're a different team than they were last year. Oh, this yeah. is, every single year, teams can go through minute or major changes that you are just not... The Avalanche are, I'm sorry, if if they can make it all the way to the championship, they're not going to have that 16-4 and four run again. No. That is you're gonna an have to go anomaly. Through a, you're going to have to go through a, you're going to have to go through a game seven. Totally. There's only been six instances since the 1980s that a team has gone 16-4 and four to win the cup. And that's, so people, it's, it's, people forget that the 16-4 and four run last year is something that simply does not happen. happen year after year after year. The, the Avs, when they won in 2001, one of the greatest teams ever assembled when they won in 2001 they had to go through two separate game sevens right you had to find a way uh, to beat los angeles in seven games you had to find a way to beat new jersey with a hall of fame goaltender hall of fame blue line in seven games at home right and it you probably lose that series if you don't have home ice advantage guys it doesn't happen every single year it's going to be tough for the abs it's going to be even tougher for the nuggets to do maybe they can flip the switch 
Nuggets lose 124-103. Avs win 4-3 in overtime. Dempsey and company. Raj hanging out with Grizz and Nelly behind the glass today in the Bud Light Studios. Join us tomorrow, tomorrow, Blake Street Tavern starting at 10 a.m. for Rockies opening day as they host the Washington Nationals. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Dempsey and company rolling along until noon before we hand things off to Columbus, Hastings, and Dover. Raj hanging out with you guys solo. Well, solo until now because I'm joined as we are every Wednesday by You Bet Tonight's Kimberly Becker. Kim, what's up? How you doing, Alex? I hear you're flying solo today. It's the company show. Yeah, just me today. The company is uh, is me and Joshy and, and Nelly behind the glass. Today, I love so. it. I love it. Those are fun ones. We're hanging out. I'm doing my final day of like real work because the Masters starts tomorrow, and I will become the most worthless employee on the face of the planet as soon as Tiger tees off at 8 o'clock in the morning. I, you, I know I got a show to do in the middle of that round, but I might not say a word. I did hear a little birdie told me that you're quite the golf fan and that the Masters might be a hot topic for you today, especially when it comes to some betting. You got some good picks for the Masters? Well, it, it has to be. Days? It has to be. I'm a, I'm a fan. It's chalky. Um, I think Rory is the guy to beat this week. I know you're going up okay. against Scheffler and Rom, and those are your three top betters, depending on, or uh, not betters, but favorites, depending on where you, you get your odds. I think Rory on a... A soft course, right? The the weather outside of Thursday morning is going to be cr- pretty crappy out there uh, mm-hmm. in Georgia. It's going to be a wet course on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They've extended the tee on 13, so guys with high draws, righties, uh, try and cut that corner, and Rory's shot shape is perfect for that. He'd be the sixth player in golf history to complete the career Grand Slam. He's my pick. If I'm taking one guy to win it, I think Rory's gets it done. Well, I mean, you are not the only one who thinks that way because BetMGM has Rory at plus 700 to win the tournament overall. He's favored. I mean, I guess he's tied with Scheffler there with Scotty at plus 700, but Rory's the guy. It seems like he's he's the one that people think may be wearing that jacket, huh? I, it's Again, it's my favorite golf tournament to bet any year. It's one of my favorite events to bet just because it, it feels right. Like Augusta and the masters feels like spring. It feels like summer, regardless of the fact that we're still thawing some snow out here. It, like I'm finally out of the doldrums and the crap and trudging through sludge. That's the reason why I love Magnolia lane so much. It's because, well, I get to put shorts on for the first time. You know, I've always thought that golf would be such a fun sport to be broadcasting on as well and to be working for because you just travel to all these fantastic golf courses and you're out in great weather. So, yeah, I mean, it just makes everybody feel better. Um, any dark horses that you see out there that you like the the odds on? I, I, I'm looking. I, there's not many guys that win in their first times at Augusta or certainly in their first couple of times. Most players that win are some of the best in terms of strokes gain T to green. And those are guys this year, like Jason day and Cameron young and Rory and Tony Finau. Is there any out there that you like the, the value on either to make the cut uh, top 25 or straight up win? You know, I think if this is one you're really just looking to make money on it, I would probably just go with one of the top guys, right? Probably, probably Rory. I mean, you've got Patrick Cantley down there at plus 1800. So, you know, you've got, an 18 to one there, I guess, which is fun. If you really think that maybe <laughs> something will happen there, but if you're looking to make some money on the masters and actually win it and not just kind of play it for fun and hoping to get the high, high risk, high reward situation, you just want to play it straight up. I think Rory's probably your guy and that's probably a safe bet to play. I mean, the dark horse is coming out. I'm not, I mean, I will admit I'm not completely fluent in 
all of the golf stuff and the guys going on in this, but just with looking at the people who are competing and participating in the Masters and who can make you some money, it seems like I would just stick with those top guys, yeah. Um, After the Nuggets fall by 21 points Um, last night to Houston, uh, they're still the favorites to win the West, but in terms of the regular season, having a two-game lead with three games to play, but a, a number that we saw a massive hit on was courtesy of the 76ers and Joel Embiid putting up 52 points in a win against the Celtics. It feels like the MVP race is over in terms of betting. uh, Joel Embiid's a heavy favorite now, isn't he? He is. And you know, they made a good point on Mojo Lombardi and Kane this morning. They were discussing how that was on a national game. Everybody saw Joel Embiid go out there and do what he does best. Now the Nuggets are playing the Suns on TNT tomorrow night at the national game. So if Jokic goes out there and can absolutely play completely different than he did last night in Houston, maybe he can still be in the conversation. But with that performance last night in Houston, I mean, against the worst team in the West, and the Nuggets can't just play to the caliber that we are expecting. Jokic looked really tired. He looked kind of discombobulated. I mean, yeah, at this point in the season, you have to be able to beat those good teams. I don't care if people are like, well, they didn't really need it. You know, like, why really put forth an effort? That could have been the night to clinch that number one seed in the playoffs. And maybe they don't want it. And so maybe that's more of what they were doing last night. Maybe they are thinking the number two seed is fine. But when it comes to the MVP, we all know that Jokic didn't really care about the MVP situation for weeks now, right? I mean, that's not his top priority, the team winning winning the West, winning the championship. That's what he is playing for. And I assume the rest of his teammates are playing for as well. So the whole MVP conversation, honestly, at this point, just give it to Joel Embiid. Like, I don't care. Can we move <laughs> on? I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't even want Jokic to get it. He probably doesn't even want it. Like the Nuggets just need to win a freaking game here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move over to the ice. Kim abs four three winners in overtime last night. Nathan McKinnon, 100 points for the first time in his career. He becomes the first ab to do so since 2007 when his boss, Joe Sackick did it for the third time <laughs> in his career. The only other guy that's Warren Burgundy in blue, uh, Peter Forsberg. So it's a nice little triumvirate to be, uh, to be mentioned with for, for Nathan McKinnon there, Forsberg, Sackick, and Nate Mack. Uh, Avs right now, futures bet for the Western Conference, plus 250 on my book. Uh, they're still plus 600, 620, depending on what book you get it on to win the title this year uh, and repeat as Stanley Cup champions. It, it feels as though Colorado's getting their swagger back. Are you putting any more money on them to, uh, to get out of the West at least at plus 250? It feels like there's some value there. I agree with you. It definitely looks like they're getting their swagger back. They've been playing very well lately. I mean, even if they're just squeaking out a win against San Jose in overtime last night, they're still finding a way to do so. They're still missing several of their top guys. So I do really like the way they're playing. And this is how you end a season, right? If you're looking at the Colorado Avalanche's regular season, this is how you end it. It's not the Nuggets, the way the Nuggets are playing right now. So I do like what the Avs are doing over at BetMGM. Is, um, that's where I place my bets. And they've got the Avs to win the West at plus 275. Winning the wet or winning the Stanley Cup, I'm sorry, at plus 650. So I do think there's a little bit uh, more value than whichever book you're looking at there. So if you guys really like those ones, head on over to BetMGM because they've got some pretty good lines going there. I would say, yeah, I put money on the app to win the West a few weeks ago. I think it was at plus 320 maybe. So now, I mean, it's it's gone down. So I personally won't because I've already got that in. But plus 650 to win the Stanley Cup, I will say. Even though I really like the way they're playing right now, I think they're going to make a really solid postseason run. I'm not super convinced that they're going to win the Stanley Cup again. I think we all know it's really hard to do two years in a row. And I just want to see how some of these guys come back from injuries or if they come back at all. So I'm 
staying away from the whole Stanley Cup thing right now, just looking at the West. That's also what I was doing with the Nuggets, and now I don't feel so great about it, though. So um, I'm, I'm going to take it one more one more game at a time here. The Avs still have six games left in the regular season, so I want to see how a couple more of those go before really looking at the Cup. But, yeah, you got plus 650 and plus 275 for the Stanley Cup in the Western Conference, respectively, for the Avs over at that MGM. Uh, so you like, you like them to win the West. Who in the East scares the crap out of you, then? Is it Boston? Really Is it that easy? <laughs> you know, I think it's – I don't necessarily – I guess I shouldn't say I I like them to win the West. I just like the plus 275. Ah, all right, all right. In the West. Spoken I guess like a capper. Because, yeah, because they've been sitting there for so long. I mean, I already put money on it, Raj, so it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> my money is already out. I'm not taking it. I'm not cashing out. So, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I guess I'm just saying I do like the way they've been playing. I do think they'll make a solid run, but I'm not going to go as far as the Stanley Cup right now, even though I've already put money on the West a few weeks ago. I just want to see what happens and who else ends up in the playoffs and who they end up playing, and then we'll go from there. Um, Rockies fell last night. It looked like they could possibly get a split over their first six games, but they fall in a two-game series to the Dodgers. They had to go up against Julio Urias yesterday. Um, that's a really tough matchup against the Dodgers. Herman Marquez outside the first inning, pretty darn good, but no run support whatsoever. They end up falling 5-2 at Chavez Ravine. They're going to be back on Thursday. I don't see any lines on opening day tomorrow as they host a maybe the I don't want to sound like this but um the Rockies over over under win total was like 64 and a half 65 this year the only other team in the National League that was arguably worse uh, was the team that they're hosting on Thursday the Washington Nationals this should be one of the only times that the Rockies are like true favorites this year am I wrong yeah I mean, if you're looking, if we're talking right now here in this moment on April 5th, no, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, who knows what's actually going to happen, but I think we all have a pretty good idea. Yes, I would definitely put some money on the Rockies to win the home opener tomorrow. I think also just the fact that it's going to be in Coors Field, the sun will be out. Colorado is, I think, pretty excited to have baseball back, regardless of how the Rockies season looks ahead of us. But I do think they'll be favored, and I do think it's worth putting money on, and then we can see how they play and how – it all goes in Coors Field and maybe go from there. I mean, I will say you and I talked about this last week, how you said the Rockies had one of the best probabilities to win on opening day. And, and they, they started did. in San Diego and you were right. And, <laughs> and they nailed that one at plus 180. So that was exciting. And then the second game, I didn't think they were going to win the second game. And then they did. And then, of course, we all know what's happened in the four games after that. But I do think tomorrow we can run it back like last Wednesday and say, yeah, I think they'll be favored tomorrow. I haven't seen any lines yet either. But if they are, I think it's a good play. And then we'll see what happens after tomorrow night. Uh, I have the Rockies at 16 and 11 in home openers. So okay. if, we're, if we're going off the historical data, like we did in the first game of the season against the Padres, I, I don't hate the bet. 
hey, it worked for us last week. Let's run it back. Let's hey, give it another go. Kyle Freeland had an excellent start in game one. He's 1-0, and no runs against whatsoever. If the Rockies are going to hover around 500, and if they do, they'll smash that over-under win total on the season. Uh, Kyle Freeland yeah. and Herman Marquez have to pitch like they have their first couple, at, at least Herman's first couple of outings, but now Kyle's second uh, pitching here uh, at home, the, the homegrown lefty. If he looks like he did in the first start, this should be an easy win again they, they had a chance last night they had the the bases loaded not once but twice and just uh, cj crone double play a ground out from charlie blackman and that's all she wrote they had a shot against the dodgers if this thing comes out anywhere near like what minus 130 tomorrow minus 140 yeah. on the money line i i'd have a hard time staying away from it yeah i would too especially for that if it goes you know close to 175 180 maybe not but yeah, I think if it stays anywhere under, you know, minus 140 or better, I would definitely play it, especially looking at the historical stats like you just did because that worked for us last week. Being the home opener, being here in Denver, and being against the Nationals, I think it's a good play. Uh, all right, Kim, before you get out of here, any plays that you got going on tonight? No Colorado teams playing, so it's going to be out of market. Um, there's only three NHL games. It's Wednesday night. They typically have two TNT and, and a Canadian game, so not uh, much to be had on the NHL sheet, but a lot of basketball and a lot of baseball to be played. Any favorites this evening? Yeah, thank God none of the Colorado teams are playing because they haven't been doing very well for me lately. So <laughs> I'm looking at the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. I like Memphis to cover the spread, so I'm taking the points with Memphis at plus 5.5 right now at minus 110. The Pelicans lost at home to the Kings last night. The Memphis Grizzlies have won nine of their last 11. They are competing for that number one spot. And with Denver's upset in Houston last night, they've got a chance. I mean, they've got to win their next three games. But if they win tonight, they're obviously on their way there. So I do think they have something to play for. So I like Memphis, the points with Memphis tonight. And then on the NHL side of things, the Oilers are in Anaheim taking on the Ducks, and I do actually think the Ducks might keep it close. I think they might be a team to spoil Edmonton's run lately. They've been playing a ton of games. This is their sixth game in nine nights, their second night of a back-to-back for Edmonton. So I'm actually looking at the puck line on Anaheim. It's plus 2.5 at minus 140. I love it when it's plus 2.5, so I'm going to roll with that one. Yep. Wow, I actually love that a whole bunch. I might, I might sprinkle yep. it at plus one, plus one and a half. Yeah. Edmonton's got points in eleven straight games. They are ten zero and one in their last eleven. Uh, McDavid closing in on one hundred and fifty points, but plus two and a half. You don't see that very often. Uh, no. The Ducks firmly pining for Connor Bedard, but uh, Kim, we'll let you get out of here. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Raj. Have a good one. Kim Becker, you can watch her before Abs and Nuggets games on Altitude TV on You Bet tonight she joins us every wednesday here on dempsey and company plus two and a half for the ducks you'd never see lines like that uh anywhere also love the fact that i'm getting some confirmation on my love of rory mcelroy this week the par three contest going on uh right now grizz if you were given one shot at that downhill par three at the par three contest, the one there where you see people shank it into the water and then somehow some nine-year-old or some 81-year-old grandfather uh, sticks one to within three feet. You get one shot to hit the green. If you don't hit the green, you're never allowed to play golf again. What happens? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you take the shot? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I am fairly confident that I can hit the green. I don't know how far I'll stick it to the... With, s- even with all those people around you? That's, that's a pressure filled shot, thing man. That doesn't bother me. I will say I have, I'm not, I've not always performed well under pressure, but the pressure itself doesn't necessarily. Not all get of us do. Me. 
I I I would not be nervous about Whoa. people watching me. Yeah, that's yeah. I have, I would not be nervous about the people watching me. I think I could stick the green. I have I have good good confidence. I'd take out a nice little eight or nine iron, lay it up there. I I would hope that one day we see Tiger go out there and and play the par three. But it just it doesn't feel like he's ever going to do something like that. He had some pretty telling uh, comments yesterday before the Masters Champions Dinner, which is held uh, Tuesday before the tournament every single year. People were asking, you know, can you compete? How many more years? And uh, have you given a thought of this like might be your last masters and tiger who over the the past couple of seasons especially after that crazy car accident in which he probably should have died if not certainly have lost a leg and he didn't um has been more and more apt to saying i i might be done here pretty soon i i don't know how many more of these majors i have left in me how many more masters appearances i have so uh if you're a tiger fan like i grew up being uh, savor the fact that he's playing this week and, and is walking around. It's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. If you're looking to bet that tournament, look for ball strikers. Strokes gained from tee to green. Uh, those are your best indicators of players that win at Augusta. Nine of the last 11, nine of the last 11 Masters champions to this point in the season have been over one and a half strokes gained from tee to green uh, up until this tournament. So if you're looking for some nerd stats to give you a little bit of money there, that is what you're looking at. Guys like Cam Young, Jason Day, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy all fit that bill right now. We got Look one. at you whipping out some saber metrics for golf. Guys, I'm dialed in. I didn't I, even know that was a thing. I know. I, I, listen, I, I started Darryl my career Murray off of in golf, golf man. <laughs> I got to find a way. Got to find a way. I'm, I'm like, I'm 50-50 on my bets on Bet the Pipes after Avalanche games right now. I, I got to find a way to 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 make money here. I'm not going to give you guys losers. It's not going to happen. Rory gets it done this week. Masters Part 3 contest is now round start off on Thursday morning. Thanks to Kimberly Becker for joining us. If you missed any of her interview, just search Dempsey and Company on Spotify to listen back to that one. Raj hanging out with you for another 20 minutes before Columbus, Hastings, and Dover take over. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Dempsey and company. Raj hanging out with you guys solo until noon. Columbus Hastings and Dover will take over after that. If you guys want to watch the show, please do so on the twitch.tv slash Altitude SR. Safeway Twitch stream. Safeway's got everything you need for your Easter celebration. Find spiral sliced ham, fresh spring flowers, and candy for your baskets. Shop in store or on the Safeway deals and delivery at Columbus Hastings and Dover coming up next. If you're not doing anything tomorrow, it's going to be like 60 degrees and sunny. It's opening day. We already know that you're not working because the Masters is on. We already know that you're not working because it's opening day in Colorado, and that's one of the best days of the year. It firmly starts spring. Um, If you're playing hooky from work, Come on down, hang out with us at Blake Street Tavern from 10 a.m. through 6 p.m. with Kreckman and Lindahl. That'll all be leading up until the Nuggets take on the Phoenix Suns, a 7.30 pregame right here on Altitude Sports Radio. That game can be watched on TNT. Then the Avs have the late game that evening playing against the San Jose Sharks, 8.30 puck drop and an 8 p.m. pregame. I believe that game's on AM 950, uh, if I'm correct. So again, Nuggets at Phoenix. Avalanche at San Jose. Big win against those Sharks last night, 4-3 in overtime. Uh, you gave up a couple of of two-goal leads there to San Jose, who's been plucky this season. Uh, again, fifth fewest points in the NHL, but they have come up and bite or bitten a few teams 
They had won three straight, including a 4-3 overtime win against the Vegas Golden Knights. Prior to that, having lost 14-15, show their true colors there. Uh, By the way, speaking of colors, the redesign on the jerseys this year for the San Jose Sharks, phenomenal. All teal, I'm all about that stuff. Give me more teal in my life. All about it. Um, Nathan McKinnon, 100 points for the first time in his NHL career, becomes the third Avs player to do so uh, outside of Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg. Miko Rantanen, though, eight shots on goal last night. By my count, five of those grade A opportunities. He rings one off the post early on in this game uh, just before the Evan Rodriguez goal. Uh, He did get hit in the hand yesterday. There was a collision in, I believe, the early part of the third period. Rantanen collided. I think it was with defenseman Matt Benning, um, and he got off the ice pretty quickly, was hunched over, did come back on the ice for his next shift, and played throughout the overtime period. Uh, So something just to keep your eyes on moving forward with Uh, Miko's hand or his wrist something happened there that had him in a pretty significant amount of pain so just keep your your eyes peeled for Miko Rantanen uh, possibly showing up on the injury report that's just conjecture for me I don't some people call him the moose heard of him heard of him Uh, Miko with his next goal could become just the third Finnish player in NHL history to score 50 goals he would join Hall of Famers Yari Curry and former Av Tamu Solani to do so could do that. Doing your people proud. The Finns. Finns represent. Man, Miko is that that's a hell of a hockey player. And he's he has taken such a a massive leap. We're talking about the MVP race with Embiid and Jokic and Giannis in the NBA. Uh, if I had my vote and Spring feels this other feels on uh, on the opposite side of the equation. Nathan McKinnon gets my vote for a heart trophy finalist. He doesn't win the MVP. That's Connor McDavid's to run away with most likely in unanimous fashion this year. But I, I firmly believe Nathan McKinnon based off of his points per game and the fact that he's turning it on at the end of the season, he gets my vote for the abs spring firmly thinks that Miko Rantanen should get a heart trophy finalist nod because of how effective he's been and how available he's been to an avalanche team that's been riddled with injuries and can score 50 goals. This has not happened in, what, since Milan Hayduk did it? Uh, yeah, was 3 I think it was the 2 Sakic did it in 01, uh, the 01 season, and then, and then Hayduk did it either a year or two after that. And Hayduk won the Rocket Richard yes, that year. Yeah, but that's the thing, Raj. Like, you guys can both make great arguments for both of those. McKinnon's got... 100 points in 65 games played this season. That is absurd. Miko, however, literally on his own, kept the avalanche afloat, especially in December and early January when we couldn't buy health. He was one of the only guys that was there every single day putting the team on his back and really virtually keeping them afloat. So I see it from both ends. It's just... I think there's a bias towards McKinnon because we all know how good he is, but the jump that Miko has made this season specifically has been unbelievable. Right, and that's the thing. With Miko Rantanen just being 26 years of age, you always look at his size, 6'4", 215 pounds, top 10 pick. He always produced at a level of a top 10 pick, right? He was always up there in terms of goal scoring, scores a bunch of power play goals, and and was overlooked in terms of his production on the ice, but everyone saw six foot four, two fifteen. And what was the knock on Miko? 
well, he should play more physical. What was the knock on Miko? Well, he doesn't play like Peter Forsberg used to back in the late 90s and early 2000s, which again led to a lot of injuries and uh, shortened his career. Shortened his career. What you're seeing out of Miko now, at age 26, he's playing way more physical. He's starting to utilize that power forward frame with finesse skill right he has he has the finesse skill to be a guy who doesn't need to go into the corners but you're seeing an evolution in Rantanen and the fact that he's doing that now into his his next cap hit at 9.25 million dollars and not taking a step back after signing his big contract and winning a championship I think is is something to be praised here in Colorado he is he is taking the next step in his evolution of not being just an elite player but moving into if you can keep this up for let's call it five six years that's hall of fame status oh yeah it's one of those things Raj where I think you know that step a massive step that McKinnon took once Duchesne was off this team it's one of those things where Miko is figuring out and it's not it's not that exact same thing I think Duchesne was obviously a different scenario but it's one of those things where Miko is coming into his own player and it's not like oh I just need to get the puck to McKinnon I need to get the puck to make sure Mac gets the goal or anything like that he has more confidence in himself now and sees himself as this elite player who can change the game that's what I'm seeing him come into his own in these seasons now is it's not just I'm on the ice with McKinnon. I need to, you know, facilitate him or him facilitate me. He's like, I am dang good at this game and I can change the game in my own way. And that's what I've seen him over the last, I would say year and a half now where he has just become this type of player that has the most utmost confidence in himself. So Rantanen took this big jump in 2017, 2018, where he went from being more of a consistent scorer, goes 84 points, 87 points, and then the shortened season in 2019-20, he's nearly point per game at 41, 66 points in 52 games in the COVID shortened season uh, in in 2021-2020, or sorry, 2020-2021. Again, he made jumps earlier on in his career to become elite scorer, and there was still enough left to be wanted from fans saying like, listen, he, he could be way better than this. And I find myself in the same boat when I think about Michael Porter jr. Because MPJ has taken that step right now. He has gone from promising young talent who was injury riddled and fell deep in the draft because of that reason. Miko Rantanen was not injury riddled, but he wasn't really well known. He was a big bodied kid with really nice hands from Finland and was the number one rated European prospect, but fell all the way to 10 because he was potential. Same thing happened with MPJ based off of injury. We don't know if his back's going to hold up, but if he was healthy and he played a full season in Missouri, this guy would have been a top three, top five pick in the lottery. And he took the step certainly this year to become a consistent threat from outside, one of the best and most feared probably three-point shooters in the NBA today. I still believe that there's another there's another evolution in Michael Porter Jr. to be had, and I don't know if it's going to happen this season, and that's the only thing that keeps me in the back of my mind saying, well, this might not be the year for the Nuggets because they're waiting on one of their superstars to take the next evolution in his, in his journey from from elite player to top echelon in the league what? or or all-time nugget. And it's, I think I think the thing that that is keeping Michael Porter Jr. away from it is that killer 
I'm going to absolutely eat you up, shut you down, not only the offensive side, I'm going to talk crap through my three-point jump shot like Adam Morrison did at Gonzaga all those <laughs> years ago, like Larry Bird was uh, was famed for doing throughout his entire career. But on the opposite side, I'm going to take my six foot ten frame, my seven-foot wingspan, and be impossible to get past on the perimeter as a defender, right? You saw a little bit of the fire when he got taken out of that game against Golden State, the 112-110 game, and he barked at Michael Malone. You're seeing a little bit of it. I just don't know if it's there yet. And when he makes that step, like Miko has this season, that's when Denver becomes truly, truly one of the teams to beat in the NBA. Well, and that's one of the things that you see the nut or the avalanche, excuse me, they went through for years. It was those second round woes. It's like they're, they're this team full of talent. They have all the talent in the world. It takes time. But until you, I don't say you have to experience the heartbreak, but until you know what it takes, they, the abs experience it every single year of how do we get past the second round? How do we do that? And they finally culminate and put it all together. And they're able to finally get past the second round. That's what the nuggets have to do. They have to get that experience of this is how we become great. And it's the consistency factor. You see flashes of MPJ consistently of how dang good he can be. He is a dang good player, but putting it together night in, night out, and then becoming that player, which you and I both think he can be, of where Malone doesn't need the option of taking him out when he needs defense. You know, he, he uh, substituting Christian Braun or Christian Brown for MPJ the other night. When he flips that switch and is able to play the defensive side of the ball and know that Malone's not going to take him out, that's the, that's the MPJ that we need to see when he is not just a great player, but that elite night in and night out player. Man, it, it's funny. I, I always thought MPJ and Bowen Byram were the comp. They're not. It's MPJ and Miko Rantanen. That's it. That That's the comp. Nicola is to McKinnon slash McCarr as MPJ is to Miko Rantanen. All right. Uh, Demps isn't here, but we're going to do it because we do it on Wednesdays. Our shout outs here on Dempsey and Company. Who's killing it? Who's crushing it? I love you, man. You're my boy, Blue. Who's absolutely balling? We just become best friends. Yup. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. Dempsey and Company present. You want to go do karate in the garage? Shout outs. Shout outs here on Dempsey and Company Wednesday afternoons, letting you know who's crushing it around the world of sports. Not necessarily pros, but I've got a couple here. I'm always going to keep it to hockey. I shouted out the Littleton Hockey Association national champions at U14 and U16 on Monday. The 14s winning here uh, at their host rink at the edge in overtime 4-3. But some more to go around. Head coach David Carl at the University of Denver has been named the head coach for the United States World Junior Championship team coming up next year. So shout out to David Carl there and the Pios much and well-deserved. And then finally, uh, goaltender Harrison Bodiger is a 2007 birth year from Wheat Ridge, currently playing at Shattuck St. Mary's where uh, Nathan McKinnon played some of his youth hockey, Sidney Crosby, Zach Parise, just to name a few. Uh, Harrison has been named the starting netminder for the U-17 National Team Development Program with Team USA. So congratulations to Wheat Ridge native Harry Bottiger. Speaking of the Denver Pioneers, I want to give a shout out to the Pioneers women's gymnastics team because over the weekend, they punched their ticket to the NCAA National Championships. And the Pioneers gymnastics were ranked 13th in the country. They beat out number three, Michigan, number six, LSU, and number 11, Oregon State at regionals. They'll no be Livy? 
no, no, she got got by the Pios. Oh, so no. a couple weekends from now, they're heading to nationals. Uh, shout out to DU for another chance to add to their massive trophy case. Go Pios, though. Also, Raj. Shout out to you for making like Jason Derulo and riding solo today on a moment's <laughs> I don't notice. A shout out, get and out of here. Shout out to Kaner for hosting the first two segments with you, and then Grizz for doing the rest and bringing us home. Grizz, you got any shout outs, brother? You know, this one's uh, new for me, guys, so I'll hit you next time. I'll, I'll think of something <laughs> next time. He, he doesn't like anybody. That's <laughs> what I, everybody equally. That's <laughs> what I hit uh, when we do bet the pipes on Between the Pipes. It's the, the last thing we do on every one of the Avalanche postgame shows. We give everyone winners for the next day around the NHL. Yeah. And and somehow, some way, Spring and I are always shocked that that segment comes up every single show. Um, I do that a lot to Springer where I'll just start and I haven't looked at my picks and I'll tell Spring that he has to go in the moment. Hey, what are your picks? And I know Spring hasn't even opened up his sportsbook app. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I'm like, well, all right. I'm not sure who to pick. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for us. As a reminder, tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., we're going to be live at Blake Street Tavern ahead of Rockies and Nationals. Opening day, the home opener for your Rockies at Coors Field. Blake Street Tavern, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. with your favorite shows here at Altitude Sports Radio. But for Josh Grismer, thanks to uh, Brett Kane for coming in for the first half hour with us and Kimberly Becker of You Bet Tonight, as well as my super producer, Steve Nelson. I love and appreciate you. And we as a collective unit did a poor job tonight. Coach, I thought we had a good show. My name's Raj. PhD is coming up next. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.